Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Monday, March 9th, 2021, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now, use our promo code LOCKDOWN, and you get 20% off of your next order. I am Detroit Sports Editor Noel Bianchi here today with me is the host of the Bentley Show, Scott Bentley. What's going on, Scott? Not a lot, man. Just a uh, weird weekend not having any any what is it a five-day break we've had yeah without any rings thursday to tuesday right yeah something yeah like that math quite a quite a big uh layoff for just a mid-season just random a lot of days off in a row so been trying to find other ways to fill the time and we decided to give ourselves a little bit of a break by skipping a sunday episode uh we do have a two-parter coming later this week but uh yeah, just got off to a little bit of a late start. You know, Red Wings didn't do much this weekend. I was like, eh, you know, what's 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 the big deal? We'll just uh, we I knew we had a two parter coming with Matt Shook from Lockdown Pistons that I was going to be able to throw in later this week. So be on the lookout for that. That's going to come Thursday. Today, though, we're going to update you on uh, anything that you might have missed from your time away. If you took a vacation from the Red Wings, I certainly don't blame you. I would almost certainly would have uh, encouraged you completely staying away from the Detroit Red Wings over the last four days. Luckily, uh, we didn't. So you uh, didn't have to, you had, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't know what you're trying to we say. We didn't, either, so they think. didn't have to, but we didn't not stay away. <laughs> Anyways, um, so it's just me and Scott for most of the week. I, I think Ethan might be around on uh, Friday's episode, but I'm not 100% sure just yet. And then, like I said, we, uh, we're we going to do like a little bit of a recap. We've got some updates on Larkin. We've got some updates on Stetcher. We've got uh, a cider update. We've got uh, a stall update. And we are going to fill you guys in on what the Tampa Bay Lightning have been up to since the last time the Detroit Red Wings played them. Spoiler alert, they've been good. We'll break it down in segment two. Just a little bit. Uh, but first, Scott, I mean, we, we got to get pretty excited here because tonight could be the night that Dylan Larkin makes his return to the lineup. He and Troy Stetcher, both of them will be a game time decision, uh, but they did practice yesterday. Larkin finished the practice, which was a good sign. And uh, it kind of sounds like if everything goes according to plan, the Red Wings could have those two guys back in the lineup. And we'll start with Larkin because they, they really – uh, they really miss both of these guys, frankly, for, for many different reasons. Uh, but I think to me, the biggest benefit of having Dylan Larkin back in this lineup is just being able to balance out those lines again. When Larkin's not in the lineup, you don't have your 1C. It feels like everything kind of goes haywire. You're trying to plug guys in where they don't belong. Next thing you know, you're taking Fabry uh, away from the 2C to put him on the first line wing. Uh, so just kind of it, it has a domino effect. Uh, like any first line player would, but I guess in a way that that most uh, players being out of the lineup do not have. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it's obviously just from like the status of this team, it's obviously a huge loss and has been a huge, a huge gap that has not been filled even whatsoever. 
Um, so just from a, a talent perspective, obviously it's a huge loss, but I think as it, you know, he's a, he's a facilitator, right? So like the, the lower younger guys, maybe that we got into the big argument about at the end of last week, uh, those guys that are getting playing time, just everybody, man, just the, the flow of the offense, you know, starts and ends with him. And I think that just purely getting people opportunities that they just flat out don't have. I mean, we saw that without him, how stagnant and stale and kind of one-timey the offense was without him. And, and I think that just having him in general and being able to plug Larkin in for 20 minutes, obviously from a talent perspective is a big deal, but just for the, the development and flow of any amount of offense on this team, it's also a huge deal in that sense. Yeah, I mean, uh, to go even further, you know, it, it jacks up your power play a little bit. Sure. Uh, and then you obviously simply just don't have your captain in the lineup. That's never an ideal situation right. either. Um, but let's take it over to Troy Stetcher because he's also getting uh, looking to get back in the lineup tonight. He's been out for a, a couple weeks now. Um, yeah. And that is important because he has been one half of the best shutdown D pairing in the entire NHL alongside Mark Stahl. So this... Uh, this comes to us from the moneypuck.com. This is real folks. Uh, allegedly. Uh, promise, promise. Yeah. Um, Troy, Troy Stetcher and Mark Stahl, their expected goals against per 60 minutes as a D pairing is 1.55. Now that remark, that, that number on his face is remarkable because I would have not have guessed that. However, it's even more remarkable because that ranks number one uh, for D pairings in the league with like a minimum of 200 minutes played together. Yeah. What, what is your amazing. initial reaction to seeing this? Cause it, go, it goes a little bit farther. Uh, we'll, we'll break it down a little bit further in just a second, but your initial reaction, Mark Stahl makes up one half of the top D pair in the entire league. Well, my initial reaction is this is fake, but the, my, my reaction to Stetcher coming back on top of it is that, you know, we talked about the possibility of Stahl maybe getting moved. So Stetcher in the lineup raising Stahl's value, Absolutely. right? I think that that's a, that's a kind of an underrated part of this is that Stetcher, Stetcher back might low-key actually help us possibly be able to move Mark Stahl. But my first reaction when that information was relayed to me is there is no way that is real. Uh, and our friend Cameron Quam, who's actually come on the show uh, before, uh, helped help break it down just a little bit more. He said on Twitter, just in case there was any confusion on who was driving the success of the Stetcher Stall pair via the NST line tool, uh, Stetcher and Stall has a 52.82% uh, goals for percentage. Stetcher without Stall, 58.04 goals for percentage. And then Stall without Stetcher, uh, has a 37.47 expected goals for percentage. Um, so that that kind of, to your point a little bit, uh, helps elevate Mark Stahl's game. But what I find interesting is on the defensive end, right? Like Mark Stahl, regardless of what you think about him, regardless of what you've seen of his play so far, I think we can all agree that Mark Stahl is a little more offensive-minded than I think some people were expecting. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he's getting up in the play and jumping up and pinching at times, even times where, you know, you're not happy about it. Right. Uh, <laughs> yes. The, the fact of the matter is that he's able to keep up these defensive numbers alongside Troy Stetcher, despite playing that kind of game. And I just, I, I, 
obviously don't think anybody expected that to come of this season. For sure, yeah. I don't think anyone really expected much. I mean, the trade was very clearly a salary dump, but I I think, man, I, I, I'm going to reiterate the point. Like, I really think that all of these numbers could really look, if, if anybody were to take Mark Stahl, it would be a good deal for us. I don't even really care the extent of the return. That's a, that's a, being that we got him for a salary dump, being able to move said salary dump would be massive. So I think, like you said, sometimes being a little too aggressive and costing the team defensively as a defenseman. However, I, I, this is all obviously great news. And this is all like, <laughs> like, like marketing, you know what I mean? Like, like branding yourself. We're branding Mark Stahl to the NHL. Please look at how great he is. Please come take him. Uh, so the NHL trade out, that will be something to watch. Um, as the NHL trade deadline nears, the NHL trade deadline is on April 12th. So we're just a little bit over a month away. I don't know if in my head, I thought it was a little bit closer than that a little bit farther than that, but we still have some time to go Mm -hmm. uh, until that April 12th point. And as a matter of fact, after the game on Thursday, the Red Wings will have played exactly one half of their season. Uh, And so I think you have a pretty good idea of just what these players have been uh, and what they will be so far. So I I think, like you said, that's, that's nothing but great news. If you're looking at this and you're a team, uh, you can say to yourself, Hey, if we put this guy in the right situation, he can be an effective third pairing defenseman, um, which is obviously great news for his for his trade value uh, and all that good stuff. Yeah, veteran defensemen's uh, just alone, just being a veteran yeah. defenseman always raises the trade value as well. So, so he already had that going for him—a a veteran defenseman with a lot of experience and, and some playoff experience in there. So, that's already kind of putting him on teams' radars, and then all this is just icing on the cake as far as I'm concerned. All right. Uh, we got a preview of the Tampa Bay Lightning coming up. We actually also have, I forgot to mention this at the start of the episode, but we also have uh, some rumors going around today about the proposed draft lottery uh, change mm. in the format. Uh, so we'll, we'll bring you guys up to speed on that in segment three. Uh, but until then, we'll see you on the other side of this break. There's an old man sitting next to me. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, Selection Sunday is a week away and there will be a number of ACC teams left out of the tournament. What went wrong in the ACC this season? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Scotty, we are uh, walking into segment two here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, a, a Tuesday to start off the week. Um, just a little bit of a heads up for people who are, are looking for future content. We actually uh, made arrangements to talk with Tony Ferrari from Dauber Prospects today. They just released their, uh, their latest draft board rankings. So we're going to give you all the latest on that sometime next week. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, subscribe. It's the only way to make sure that each episode is waiting for you when you wake up every single morning. Uh, But Scott, we have more important things in front of us tonight, and that is a matchup with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Can you give us uh, a a little bit of what to expect? What have the Lightning been up to besides uh, taking – I was trying to think of a (laughs) thunderstorm metaphor there, but what what have they been up to? Dominating is is really the only way to put it. Like, this on paper, this does not look like it's going to go very well, as you know, they were already 2 0 against us this year. Um, 
but just like a, a quick kind of rundown, I guess you would say, like this team is literally first in the NHL, in like almost everything. It's it's truly un, unreal how good this team is. They're obviously first in the NHL in goals for, first in goals against, which makes them first in goal differential, top five power play, top <laughs> that three that penalty kill. Yeah, right. <laughs> Crazy how math works. Um, just unbelievable. And and the it's not it's not like we're catching them at like a cold moment. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you run into a juggernaut and you're like, oh, like, you know, they've lost two of their last four or something. Maybe we can catch them sleeping. Um, they've won seven of their last eight. And I think the most ridiculous stretch was in the middle of that eight game stretch where they won seven of eight. Um, they went on a streak where they gave up one total goal in four games in a row. They had shut out one goal against shut out, shut out. That's uh, <laughs> needless to say, that's, that's not, it's not super encouraging, I guess I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, but the, the roster's unreal. Um, it, it's been unreal, obviously, coming off last season. And what I think is interesting, too, and, and obviously much has been made about this, is obviously no Kucherov. Uh, yep. Carter Verhage goes to Florida, and he's tearing it up and having a good season. It's like the, the teams that just let good guys uh, walk out the door or just lose guys to injury and just do not miss a beat, like that is a mark of a truly, truly good team. And right now the Tampa Bay Lightning are simply operating uh, just at a, a level, an organizational level of function uh, that is rarely matched in pro sports. And they've done it for a long time, which I think is why it is so impressive. Um, and yeah, like you said, the, the one silver lining to that is the Red Wings, uh, you know, being run by the same guy who built that team. I was actually watching the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, play Chicago on Sunday. Yeah, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I live bet the uh, – so I tried to I tried to get odds once once the Lightning went down. I'm not a big gambling guy. I'm trying to get a little bit more into it. So the Lightning went down a couple goals. I think they went down three or two. Um, but They're the down odds, 3-0. They're down yeah. 3-0 and won 6-3. Yeah, they had so six unanswered. The, the odds, once they went down to 3-0 for them to win the game, were still only like – uh plus 220 but it was like not bad like I, I can't remember what the odds were but i put five bucks in and it was like hey here's you get 16 bucks if you win then at the last second um as i was pressing the submit button tampa scored and completely changed the odds and then i was like you know what screw it i'm just gonna pick uh chicago to cover uh because now i don't have these good odds but then i had good odds for chicago to cover uh, and then from then on, Tampa just went on to become that well-oiled machine that right. rushes everything in its sight. Right, yeah. The, to your point, the, the most ridiculous thing about this team is its depth. Like, as you said, the the ability in, in any sport, the the best teams, if you look, are, are those teams that can lose starting caliber players and just plug them in with, like, players that are bench players for this team but would be – high-end, you know, even mid-level starters for other teams. I mean, this is a team with, like, Patrick Maroon getting fourth-line minutes. You know what I mean? Like, this mm-hmm. this, this team is – is. there's an argument that this team's third line could be comparable to, like, lower-end teams' top line, and this fourth line is, like, comparable to lower-end teams' like second line. Like, it's it's unbelievable. And their and they're healthy scratches would start in, like, 90% of the league. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's – 
that's that's not fair and totally a massive reason for the team's success year in and year out. And uh, you mentioned kind of their their recent play. Let's see the were they like seven and one in their last eight or yeah, something seven like that? Of their last seven and eight, one yeah. in their last eight. Uh, and in that span, they haven't exactly been beating up on the worst teams in the division. They played two against Dallas, who uh, is at the bottom of the division technically, but based on points percentage. Right. Uh, 10 games short or something. Unfortunately, the Red Wings still take that crown. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to, uh, you know, actual, like I, I still consider Dallas like, a, a pretty okay team right now right, i you know consider them a middle of the pack team so two of the shutouts are over them the first three games of that seven out of eight stretch are against carolina who inarguably is uh, a top three team in the division and then the last three come against chicago who you know not the greatest team in the world probably i still do believe that they probably will fall out of a playoff spot i guess you know time will tell i just maybe i just don't want to be wrong i'm not sure um but then you have them and, and you kind of handle them as well. So all teams that are kind of in the, the top half of the division right now and just handling them with ease. Yeah. It's light work. Like that, that's, just, that's, that's ridiculous. Like I said, the, the fact that they went on a, a four game stretch where they gave up one total goal, like that shouldn't be a thing that happens. Uh, but here we are. And yeah, seven of their last eight coming into the game and definitely not catching them on a, on a down point. We're not catching them on a, on a cool point and they're already, yeah, it, it's on paper, on paper, this doesn't fix to be a super close game. No, no. And uh, unfortunately they get up twice. So uh, yep. if you guys will remember the last two times that they played uh, were two, well, I mean, it was one brutal, brutal game when they went yes. down like four, nothing in the first couple of minutes or Correct. three, nothing or whatever it was. Uh, and then the next game, which came, uh, I believe on that Friday night, uh, where they played a little bit better, like got some things going that they, they hadn't in games past, but like still firmly got sunned and put in the corner and basically you're not on our level with us. And I think you really honestly can expect to see, uh, more of the same. I don't think you should be going in. I think you should go into this series like wrapped in a blanket, you know, like ready mm -hmm. for whatever, like knowing that you could need some emotional support uh, throughout it all. And that's what we're here for. Really. Absolutely. That's what we're here for. Damn right. Uh, all right. We are going to move into some good news, some moves about the future. But first, I got to talk to you guys about Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber, amazing taste. Protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness, baby. So here's what we got uh, for today's matchups. Matchup one, we've got the Apple Almond Crisp against the Churro Puff. Uh, I was not aware that there was a churro flavored built bar, uh, until this ad. And I'm frankly just mad, uh, that this was not made aware to me. Churro goes on to the next round, in my opinion, despite me having the apple almond crisp and actually liking it quite a bit. Uh, I don't know how you can put anything, uh, to the next round over churro puff marshmallow. Uh, but that's just me. And then matchup two, we've got peanut butter brownie against raspberry. I'm taking the chalk in this one, peanut butter brownie all day, every day. Thanks for coming, Raspberry. You're just you're just not on the same level. I mean, it's a peanut butter brownie. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I don't know what you people want from me. Uh, so that's 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 where my vote's going to go on that front. 
So make your voice be heard. Go to BuiltBar.com or go to bar underscore built on Twitter. A little little backwards there, not built bar, bar underscore built. And remember to use our promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off of your next order. That is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup. It's going to be the Churro Puff and the Chocolate Brownie. I got a feeling. Uh, and who will become the best tasting protein bar i got a future bet on uh, lemon almond cheesecake most underrated bar in the tournament uh also got to talk to you guys real quick about betonline.ag hey spink speaking of uh putting a little money on something i should i should go on over to betonline.ag place a bet for the lemon almond cheesecake probably got pretty good odds probably could see it go pretty far in this thing uh bet online it's the easiest and fastest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And if you're like me, you can lose a bit of money. But if you're smarter than me, which I'm assuming that you probably are, you can make a little bit of money. Uh, but online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. They've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet online also has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best ways to place your bets and it's free to sign up. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit with our promo code locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit with that promo code locked on at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Last Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Scotty, let's roll it into segment three here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Just a little, little Monday recording, start off the week here. Uh, we do have a Moritz Cider update, and I think this is going to be something that uh, probably excites you guys quite a bit. Uh, this comes to us from our friend Chris Peters, former ESPN hockey writer. He just started up a new Substack called Hockey Sense um, and started a new series called 31 Prospects where he kind of just goes, uh, it's, it's a whole thing, and he just kind of touches on the top prospect uh, from each system. The one he chose for the Red Wings is none other than the 2019 uh, sixth overall pick. That is Moritz Sider. The way he starts it off is just enough to, to mm, chef's kiss. He goes, the way he has played this year, I really feel that there's a good case for Sider being the best player outside of the NHL currently, which chills uh he goes in uh he starts talking about his scoring 10th and scoring by defenseman in the league sixth in points per game by a defenseman um there just aren't any noticeable weaknesses in his game peter says maybe he's not as naturally dynamic offensively but he's effective and i think that's one thing that i've railed against uh a lot of prospect writers when they say his his offensive upside is limited i don't think his offensive upside is limited I think he very much has a chance to impact this, the game on the offensive end uh, at an extremely high level. I just think he's going to do it in a little bit different of a way than uh, a Quinn Hughes is going to. Sure. Yeah. He he's, I mean, clearly he's powerful, right? You know what I mean? Like he is, he is a force. There's not, you don't have to be an, an offensive defenseman to be productive at the offensive side of the ice. Like you said, there are many different ways to impact the game in that sense. And I think that 
his his man like i almost just want to say his presence like mm-hmm. when you want like you know what i mean like his his just presence just sitting on the blue line is gonna change how how you a run your offense and from the other side b defend that that offense like that is a that is a a force that is a powerful force just sitting at the blue line you're gonna i, I don't know man I, I don't need him to to finesse his way into the slot or the crease or something you know what i mean like that yeah. i don't think he's ever gonna be that i don't know if i ever want him to be that i think he can be wildly successful on the offensive end without doing those things i completely agree with you well that's little things too like it's not even with the puck on your stick it's the guy it's the winger trying to make a play to get the puck out of the zone but knows Moritz Sider is there right so that impacts you know maybe the approach he takes or the aggressiveness with which he tries to get that puck out of the zone because he knows he's got a 6-4 animal waiting for him at the edge of that zone that's going to affect the way he goes and makes that play that can help your offense too those are the little things I think that he will bring to the game um, that maybe don't necessarily show up on the uh, stat sheet I wanted to touch on one more quick thing with Cider. He says, I can't see any situation where he's not on Detroit's opening roster in 2021, 2022 and playing top four minutes in short order. Yeah, that's, I mean, obviously that's music to everybody's ears, right? The big thing for me is going to be um, the end of this season more so. Cause I think like, there's no way, man, there's no way you can keep him off the roster to start off next season. Um, I think it's more just going to be is is the start of next year going to be like, hey, this is the first time we're seeing him, or is he going to trickle in a game or two? Obviously, they got to keep him. They're they're going to keep him under rookie limits, so like you're not going to see him anytime soon. It would just be the last couple of games, but like I don't know, man. That's 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 obviously beyond exciting, and I think again the most exciting part is is like oh he's not getting ease into it like he's going to be a top four d man the second he steps into detroit which is obviously music mm. to everybody's ears last thing we got for you guys today is the proposed lottery change format this comes to us from chris johnston he's on twitter at reporter chris he said the nhl is proposing changes to the draft lottery that would see teams limited to no more than two lottery picks in a five-year period looking at you edmonton uh and uh i think new jersey uh teams only allowed to jump 10 spots with a lottery win. So that'd be nice. Uh, and the reduction in the number of picks decided by lottery from three to two. I think that that is a big one for me because the, the like three teams hopping in and going to fourth is like such a mm-hmm. kick in the balls when you're that number one team. For sure. I, I mean, especially given like the 2019 obviously that that still stings um just <laughs> it's one thing to be bad it's another thing to be as bad as we were and then get four so i i completely agree i think top three get, guaranteeing the last place team a top three pick um i think that's definitely obviously recency bias but i think that is probably the biggest one to me as well just looking outside of the top three after getting last place is is as we all know devastating so i think that that's probably the biggest one for me too well i think the thing to it as well is the fact that the there's the odds are greater of falling out of the top three than they are of staying in the top three for 
the worst team in the league, which to me exactly. is like, that's, that's unacceptable. The fact that the Red Wings only have an 18% chance or whatever it was to win the draft lottery last year, like that, that to me was the biggest, you know, I I'm okay with like opening it up, but you have to weigh the odds that each team has given uh, a little bit more proportionally to their season records like that. That was the biggest bother to me was the 18 and a half percent. And then the fact that when you add up their three, their odds for getting in the top three, it equaled out to less than their odds of uh, landing outside the top three. So that was to me, my biggest, and this new, you know, proposal would basically uh, take both of those things away along with uh, teams only being able to jump 10 spots with a lottery win. I think that's big too. Um, And so, I, I mean, for the team X's of the world. Yes, exactly. Uh, so Chris Johnson goes on to say the proposed changes were outlined in a memo circulated to clubs today and are subjected to approval by the NHL's board of governors. So we will definitely uh, keep an eye out on that. One thing I wanted to, to bring up just to close the show, I'm, and this might be something that we can actually ask Tony Ferrari about a little, little teaser. Uh <laughs> I'm curious to know if because of the unknown surrounding this draft, because of the fact that it's a little bit wide open uh, in terms of the top number, you know, the, the top 10, there is no clear cut number one. I'm curious to see how that impacts teams willingness to give up their number one draft picks for this year uh, at the deadline. And if that'll play a role, I guess, in either direction. For sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, I mean, that and the, uh... Obviously, the the big trading thing this year being the the quarantine with Canada too. I, I think there's a lot of factors this year that are going to make trading a lot more different than we've seen. But absolutely, I, I think not even obviously the top teams. Um, it, it's going to help. Gar- you know, guaranteeing yourself more if you're trading with the worst team in the NHL, guaranteeing a, the, the top three than the top four. That obviously holds more value. But I think kind of those those um, mid-level teams is going to affect a lot. And then obviously the, the most blatant one is if you're trading with a team like Edmonton that has already won the lottery, you're like, okay, well, I know for a fact, I don't even need to watch the lottery that you're not going to have a, a dynamic pick. So like, uh, yeah, I think I think that it will absolutely affect quite a bit, um, some more obviously than others. But yeah, absolutely. Whatever comes out of that, uh, I think will be will be something we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on. But um, until then, thanks so much for joining us today, Scott. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we'll be always. back tomorrow with a game recap of game one against Tampa Lightning. I don't know how it's going to go, guys. I don't think that the Red Wing, I don't think we're going to be recapping a win. I'm going to go on a limb here. <laughs> I'm going to say, I don't think we're going to be recapping a win. I'll be happy to be wrong. I'll absolutely be happy to be wrong. Uh, but if not, you know, we'll, we'll find some way to make it worth your while. We're trying to spice up these post games uh, because they can get pretty depressing for us. So I'd only imagine <laughs> that they get pretty depressing for you guys as well. So we're going to figure out a way to keep you guys up. Maybe we'll do like one positive thing to look forward to in the future uh or sure. something along those lines i don't know what it'll be but we're gonna we're gonna find a way to spice it up for you and we'll, we'll probably start tinkering with that this week against the lightning because uh, i think we can all safely assume two losses on, that on the board, to try put on the board. yeah put it... <laughs> all right we'll see you guys back here tomorrow same time same place it's your team every day
Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.